This is Stacy Eldridge. Welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing is to give our attention to Jesus. Welcome back to Captivated. I want to talk with you today about the themes of enough, having enough, being assured that we will have enough, enough of all that we need. When the pandemic rolled in, it rolled in pulling a trailer of fear and uncertainty. And one of the earliest ramifications was the question that everyone was asking, will there be enough for me? Enough health, safety, freedom, connection, food, toilet paper? And for many, the fear that threatened to swallow them rose up with the answer, no. At least it felt like that for many, many people. Fear and anxiety went through the roof. I'll dare say not just for many people, but for most people. Will I be okay? Will I have enough? Will my loved ones be okay? I got swept up in it as well. The fear was sometimes palpable. I remember the first time I walked into a grocery store to do some shopping, and I walked through an aisle, and it felt like I walked through a, a curtain of fear. I could feel it in my body. I was okay when I went into the store, but when I was finished, I got into the car and cried. It was awful. Did you ever feel that? Even though I know that the spirit of fear is not from Jesus, it can still affect me. I'm thankful that that morning John was waiting for me in the car, so we were able to pray right away and break it off of me. But still, on any given day, I can feel in the core of my being that there is not enough, that there's not going to be enough for me. Not just toilet paper, and not just because of the pandemic. The pandemic actually revealed something deeper, something that was lying at the core, the fear that there is not enough, not enough safety, not enough provision, not enough love. I don't think I'm alone in that. And the root of it lies in our stories, in our histories. Okay, here's a lighter way it plays out for me. When I am grocery shopping, I will remember that we need almond butter. Um, when John had COVID and I didn't get it, I had a chance to clean out the refrigerator. And when I did, I found like six and a half half-eaten jars of almond butter. Okay, we didn't need it. I think I need things that I really don't. A good friend of mine was um, just cleaning out her father-in-law's home as he was in the hospital for an extended stay, and he was not going to be moving back home, but moving on to an assisted care facility. And she came across the same thing. Not almond butter, but his version. Things, stuff, not quite hoarding, but towing the line. I think we all have our versions, places that we grasp for things or experiences to provide for ourselves, to make sure that there is enough goodness in our lives. Sometimes the way I live 
stands in stark contrast to what I profess I believe. Oh, let Jesus reveal those places in all of us so that what we believe aligns with how we live. The scriptures tell me that the Father promises that he will satisfy all my needs. So what does it mean to be satisfied by God? What does it mean to have a table prepared for me in the presence of my enemies? What does it mean to come more deeply into God, who promises that he will supply all our needs according to the riches in Christ Jesus? Because, and listen to me, I am speaking to you and I am speaking to me, this is the truth, you have enough in Christ. And because Jesus dwells in you, you are enough in Christ. Now, I know the world doesn't say that. If we were to ask ourselves where we feel like we are not enough, where we feel like we're failing, maybe in our work or in our relationships or in our walk with God, places where we are bearing the burden of feeling like we don't measure up, and we all have so many places, I say mercy, dear ones, mercy. If you're struggling here, invite God in even now, just simply by saying, I invite you in, Jesus. I need you here. I love you here. Come for me. Reveal to me again how you see me, who I am to you, and that you will be my more than enough. Honestly, many of us, if not all of us, suffer under the sense that there is not going to be enough for us because we have endured a lack of provision, a lack of belonging, a lack of love in our childhood years, those years where our inner reality is formed. And for too many of us, we didn't receive enough nourishment and care, even in the womb. I was born into a family with an absent father and a mother who told my sisters that when they woke up, she would be gone. They would wake up and run into her bedroom to see if she was still there. My mother could not satisfy me. She couldn't provide enough for me. She actually rejected me. She certainly did not have enough for me. Not time, touch, love, attention, care, delight, play. I was the fourth child born too close together when things had just gotten worse for her. One of the ways that that has played out for me has been my journey of needing more food than my body needs. My grasping for more food to comfort me turned into a battle with disordered eating. For me, that's binging, and that has felt crippling. My soul was starving, starving for love. I tuned into my heart a few years ago mid-binge to see how I felt, and I felt like my anxious heart was at rest because I had something in my hand to eat and sitting right beside me, more to eat. I knew that I was going to have more than enough. My healing journey continues to involve the disentangling of my childhood story of never having enough anything to trusting God that in him I will have, I do have enough. My needs will be met. I'm going to be okay. I am enormously loved. 
mercy, friends, for those places in you that are unsettled and don't yet know the reality that in Christ we have enough. Psalm 131 verse 2 says, But I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Because of Jesus, there is hope for us. There is healing. Nothing is out of reach for him. Weaned means satisfied. I am satisfied. I have had enough. All is well. A weaned child is a satisfied child, full, content, has enough, knows he or she will have enough in the future. We can know that. We can. We're going to ask God for that. We all have a deep soul hunger that longs to be satisfied. And the only satisfaction we will find for that is in the presence of God, the unseen, the eternal, the uncreated one who says he will satisfy your desires with every good thing, with ultimately himself. So what I want to do now is remember together who God is By looking at the story found in Genesis of Abraham and Sarah, you remember it, because the narrative of Abram and Sarai revolves around themes of the promise of abundance in descendants, in land, in fruitfulness, in sufficiency, in having their every need met. So you remember that Abram was commanded by God to leave their home. So Abram, Sarai, And part of their family with all their many belongings left. They left Ur, which is Turkey, and went to Shechem and Bethel, which is the West Bank of Israel. And God promised Abram that he would make of him a great nation, bless him, make his name great, bless those who blesses him and curse him that curses him. The promise was given to Abram. But there was another essential member in that equation, remember? Abram had his, his Azer Kinedko. He had his partner. He had his counterpart. The promise of God would not be fulfilled without Sarah playing her part, trusting, believing, risking, opening herself up to the possibility that what God has said is true. Ladies, the promises of God will not be fulfilled without the woman the azer, the life giver, the lifesaver playing her irreplaceable role. It takes both men and women working together to bring the kingdom. Now, this part is key. When God appeared to Abram, he introduced himself. He told Abram his name. It is the first name by which God identifies himself. So it's important It's in Genesis 17, verse 1. He said to Abram, I am El Shaddai. El Shaddai. The singular El and plural Shaddai. El has to do with might, strength, power, the strong one. Shaddai is translated as enough, sufficient, providing all that is needed, nourisher, satisfier, not just with a taste or a tease, not just with a little bit, but fully, fully satisfied. 
El Shaddai means God is the strong one who is able to nourish us completely, providing all we need. It's the first name God uses to explain who he is. I love that. By the way, when you're reading in your Bible, most English translations have used Almighty for Shaddai. If we look back at all the blessings in which Shaddai is over and over invoked through the scriptures, they are about fruitfulness and fertility, about abundance. Shaddai actually means breasts. The name El Shaddai is translated the God of many breasts. And it tells us that the righteous and loving God cares for us as a mother is meant to care for a newborn child's. Everything we could possibly need, exactly when we need it, God is. God wants us to know that it is he who sustains us and loves us. Shaddai is used as a picture of the perfect love, the sweetness, the satisfaction that exists between the Lord and the children of God. Shaddai refers to the abundant blessings of God. It refers to loyalty, love, and devotion. You satisfy my desires, the psalmist says, with every good thing. We need to know in the core of our being that we are not on our own. We are not orphaned children responsible to make sure our needs will be met. We need to be mothered. We need to know that we will be provided for. We need to know, know, know that because of who God is and who we are to him, that we, in every deep way that matters, will have enough. Oh, to know our identity as the apple of God's eye and then to live from that secure, bountiful, fruitful place. God wants that for us. Father, bring that to us even now. The favorite Psalm, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Which also means I always have more than enough. Or other translations say, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. In John 10, 12, Jesus says that he is the good shepherd. We can say, he is my good shepherd. He lays down his life for his sheep so that they will flourish and live. We can know that Jesus promises that our Father will withhold no good thing from us. We can say, I have everything I need today, and I always will. My shepherd never leaves me to my own devices to figure out life on my own and provide for myself. He equips me. He is always on the alert on my behalf. He satisfies me with every good thing. He is for me. He withholds nothing. I lack nothing. Say that to yourself internally again or out loud if you can. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He provides rest for me. Verse 5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table for me. The word for table in this verse means spread. 
God isn't speaking of just a little plate of food, but of vast, massive feasts. Now I know that we all have stories of God providing for us. And I also know that we have personal histories and places and times in our past where we simply did not have enough. We all have suffered. Dear ones, this is where the healing presence of Jesus comes in. He is out of time, above it, not constrained by it. He can bring healing to us, even to places we lived through long ago. We can have enough, and in Christ we truly do more than enough. We belong to him. He is Jehovah Jireh. We have enough love. We no longer have to doubt him based upon the stories of our lives that screamed otherwise. No, the Father has proven his love for us by sending his only Son that we might be close to him forever. We are forever loved, forever wanted, forever provided for in the deepest ways that matter. Breathe that in. When we know we are loved immeasurably forever, that we are inscribed into the very palm of the king of the universe's hand, we can relax. We can relax into his love. And we don't just get a little bit of his love. We get it all. We have enough because Jesus is our portion. He is our all in all and our more than enough. Jesus is. So who is this Jesus? Really? Can I remind you? Jesus is steadfast and true, kind and gentle. He is tender with your weakness, understanding of your frailty, fierce against your enemies, faithful in his love. He is abounding in compassion, possessing enduring mercy. He catches all your tears. They are precious to him. You are precious to him. He is slow to anger and quick to forgive. He is the bridegroom longing for his bride. He is passionate in his pursuit, never tiring, leaping over every hindrance, running up mountains to rescue you. He is committed to you in fiery, devoted, unconquerable love. He is fully invested in your victory. His every thought is of you, and his thoughts are more than the grains of sand. He is interceding for you constantly. He rejoices over you with singing. He knows you intimately and is delighted with you and in you. He is captured by your heart, conquered by your love, frail as it sometimes is. He sees you clearly and he sees you as righteous. He calls you beautiful, sought after, beloved. He is the author of your story. He is the redeemer of everything that has hurt you, cost you, or harmed you. He is completely able to save you, to heal you, and to present you before his Father with singing. He is mighty to save. He is matchless in power. He is magnificent in glory. He possesses all authority in heaven and on earth. Demons tremble at his name, the name above all names. His is the only name by which you can be saved. 
His rule will never end. He is able to satisfy your every need. He is the well that never runs dry. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is our treasure, our prize, our champion, the champion of heaven. He is our strong tower, our hiding place. He is the prince of peace. He is patience personified. He is the victorious king, the risen Lord, the first and the last, the lion of Judah, the lamb of God, the one true king, and he is yours and you are his. He is Jesus and he is coming again very soon. Yes, God, Maranatha, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let's pray together that he would reveal the truth to us more deeply today, that El Shaddai will bring to us the provision we lack and come for us in the places that we so need to know the presence of love and abundance in our lives. Father, reveal to us who you really are. We ask to be satisfied in your love. We ask you to come to our starving places. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, El Shaddai, please come for me today. Come for the body of believers all around the world. We all need you. We need to know you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Bless you, friends. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you to Stacy Burton, my producer, and to Alan Arnold, to all those helping to make this happen. All of us here at Wild at Heart pray more of Jesus to you this day and always. I hope you join me again in two weeks. Until then, may you increasingly know that the King is captivated by you.